0: And before I get into the scripture reading, I just have a question. What do you do when you're obeying and you're following the plan? But it looks like the plan is at a standstill. The plan is at a standstill or you're obeying and you're following the plan. But look like you've been doing the same thing for years. You're believing God. But yet you don't see anything, or perhaps you see things in other parts of your life, but this one thing that you're looking at look like there's nothing, no fruit there. What do you do? Well, I'm going to give you the answer right away, and then we'll d- dig into it. Psalms 27 and 14 is a familiar passage of Scripture. The King James Version simply says, "Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He will strengthen." Your heart again. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. I'm reminded in Genesis uh, chapter two, verse fifteen. The Word of God says how how the Lord made man, and He put him in the garden for the purpose of tending it and keeping it. For the purpose of tending, what does the word tending mean? Well, the online dictionary version says, one, pay attention, apply oneself to have or take charge of or as a caretaker or an overseer. Three, to manage the operations of. Then it says mind or guess can be synonymous or minding something or I like to say the mind. Watch what's going on in the mind during those times of, of your seem like you're waiting on the Lord. You're you're following the plan. but Look like there's nothing happening. Be careful what's going on in the mind. Pay close attention to your thoughts. In the story in Genesis chapter two. We talk we see Adam and Eve and and we see, you know, the story, how the story goes, where Adam uh, is tending the garden. But somehow in the middle of all of this, Eve strikes a conversation or I should say the snake strikes a conversation with Eve. Eve is communicating with the snake. Now, the word of God says Adam is standing by watching and observing. Now, he's here. He's listening To the snake say things that's contrary to what God told him and contrary to what he told Eve. But he didn't do anything about it. He sat by and watched the snake deceive Eve. Now, remember, he had the responsibility to tend and keep the garden. That means everything that's in there. Remember what we just read to manage. The operations of. He had responsibilities. But he sat by and he watched it happen. Unfortunately, once again, he saw Eve be, uh, be deceived. Now, the Word of God says he was not deceived, but guess what? He still ate of the fruit. And unfortunately, when he did that, everything changed, his destiny changed what God's perfect plan that he had for him, it all changed. Why? Because he did not tend the garden or he did not do anything with those deceptive thoughts that were entering into his wife's mind by way of the snake. You all today, we have to make sure while we're in this standstill situation, if you may be there, be careful what's going on in the mind. What thoughts are you entertaining? Could you be so frustrated that you're trying to help God out? Let's go back to our case study. We're talking about Abraham. And we look at Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16, we'll begin reading at verse 1. And it reads, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had a maidservant, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Please go in to my maid. It may be that I will obtain children through her. Abram ins- listened to Sarah. So after Abram had been living for 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, his wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband. Abram to, hi- to be his wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. Now, let's look at this for a moment. Sarah was getting frustrated. The word of God says that they've been in Canaan for 10 years. Can you imagine 10 years and nothing seems to be happening? Now, think about this for a moment. When they first when God first introduced himself to Abram, this is Genesis chapter 12. He said, Abram, leave this place. Leave your kindred, just take Sarah, Sarah, your wife, and I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to do all these different things, but 10 years has passed. Every now and then, Abram would say, you know, the God appeared and he spoke with me today and, and he told me once again, he's going to make my name great and he's going to do this. He's going to multiply my seed. Well, I'm sure Sarah was encouraged, but after so much time, it looks like nothing is happening. She was frustrated. The word of God tells us not to grow weary when doing good. But in due season, we will reap a harvest if we faint, if we do not faint or lose heart. Sarah began to lose heart because time was running with time was going on. And and and, and they've been there 10 years following God. Now, God is blessed in other areas, but their heart's desire was a child. And only thing they got was promises promises could you be there could you be believing God for something right now in your life where well, God may have shown you something 10 years ago or maybe someone said something that you're going to get something 10 years ago but you're still there and nothing has happened remember wait on the Lord be of good courage he will strengthen your heart wait on The Lord. So let's look at this for a moment. Once again, it's been 10 years. But Abram had a responsibility. When this situation happened in. Chapter 16, verse one. You know, of course, I don't know. You can't prove me wrong. But I really wonder if Sarah began to say anything. I wonder what's taking so long. And, you know, Abram could have said something to kind of help her. Remember, he had responsibility. You know, we have to, as 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 husband and wives, you all both have the responsibility to watch what the other person is saying. Now, don't get me wrong. You can't. No one wants to be micromanaged. But, you know, if you have a relationship with God and you're in God's face, he'll show you some things. And under the unction and the direction of the Holy Spirit, you can help your spouse in some areas. She became frustrated. Now, how do we know she was frustrated? Because she began, she tried to devise a plan to help God out. Now, Abram himself, he should have been meditating on what God had told him. After all, remember, in Genesis chapter 15, when God told him, hey, I'm going to make you a great nation, blah, blah, blah. And Abram suggested to God, well, you are going to do this through Eleazar, my head servant. But God told him, no, it's going to come from your body. Now, remember, Abram was in this situation just a chapter earlier. He could have said, "Now, you know, Sarah, you know what? I believe God's going to do this through us because, you know what? I thought the same way just a little, a little while ago. And uh, God said, no, it's going to come from my body. So God didn't want to do this through my servant. I don't think God wants to do this through your handmaid. But you know what? Abram's mind, he was not tending, he was not taking care of business, he was not watching those thoughts. Abram said, and I'm just paraphrasing, Abram said, Sarah, I think that's a good idea. I think you're led by God. All right, I'm being facetious here, but anyway, uh, the word of God says that he uh, he agreed with Sarah and he listened to Sarah and he went into Hagar and they produced an Ishmael, ladies and gentlemen. When we produce Ishmael's, it is something that affects everyone. and it, be, it will become a thorn in your side. And I guarantee you, when you produce an Ishmael, everyone will know that you produce the Ishmael. Because all the important parties, all the parties that matter, they'll know that that thing is in the way and it's not functioning properly. Well, think about this for a moment. I'm just going to talk about this just for a moment. When you create an Ishmael, it it destroys, not destroys, but it it throws off the balance of things. What do you mean? Well, if you think about this, you have Abram and Sarah. Then you have the handmaiden. Now, the handmaiden answers to Sarah and Abraham and mainly Sarah. But now she has a child and now. Abram's allegiance is to the child and partially now to Hagar. You're talking about creating some family issues and family dysfunction because the order is now off. When you create Ishmael's, the order is off. God can't flow fully through that situation I'm not saying God's not working with it but it's hard because things are not according to the plans of God if you created something that was never supposed to be this is what happens when we don't tend to our thoughts in those times and those periods where it looks like God is not moving in that particular area we all have been there we all have done it we have to make sure we're watching the thoughts that's running through our mind We have to tend the garden of our mind. We have to tend again the garden of our mind. What weeds are we allowing to come in? What are we thinking about that we know that's contrary to the word of God? In those times where it looks like nothing is happening, you could be in the ministry, you can be on your job, you can be uh, doing whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, but But it looks like that area, that one area that you believe in God for nothing is happening and the enemy will begin to say, well, maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's because of that. Well, you know, maybe you should do this. He'll give you thoughts, ideas and suggestions about that thing. It's all deception to get you to move ahead of God to make something happen. Once again, he wants you to get ahead of God and help God out. And he'll give you this nice uh, uh, quote. I believe it's by Benjamin Franklin that says God helps those who help themselves. Oh, that sounds so great. And that would encourage you to get out there and do something. But you're not doing this in the plan of God. You're doing this in the plan of your own reasoning. Or I'll say it this way from your own flesh. And it is inspired by the wicked one. Oh, yes. Now, some of y'all may be saying now, you know, that's kind of harsh what you're saying. Well, do you think the idea? Uh, for, let's go back. Do you think a married woman who has a husband, the idea that of giving her husband to her maid? Do you think that's rational? Do you think that comes from God? I think not. She wasn't thinking right. Why was she not thinking right? Because she was too focused on what she did not have. The thing she desired, she was frustrated. It hadn't come to pass. It had been 10 years. It had been 10 years and nothing in that area seemed to be happening. The enemy is tricking. He is tricking. Sometimes when the enemy, when you're when you're looking at the or or when you're focused on those negative ideas, you know, oftentimes at first we have to be careful. We can recognize it. This source is from the enemy. But this is oftentimes how the enemy will deceive us. We'll meditate on that on that idea and it will seem as if it's a it'll become a good idea. The more we think about it, the more we think about it, the more we think about it. man, it, it sounds pretty good. It makes sense. It makes so much sense. That is one of the in the tactics of the enemy. Something is always lacking or you are or you're ignoring something important while trying to do God's part. In other words, when you're t- focused on things that God should be doing, something is lacking in your life. Or you're ignoring something that you should be doing at that time. That's one of the dangers when we get so far and trying to do things for God or do God's job. We're neglecting our job. Always remember, when you are in those standstill situations where like, like nothing is happening. Be careful, once again, what you're focused on. What are you tending? Are you tending your garden or are you too busy trying to make God's job, do God's job? Once again, when you do that, your attention is off what you should be focused on. It's off. You're not thinking. You're focused on something other than what you should be, once again, focused on. Abel should have been thinking now, hmm, my wife's not thinking right. Baby, you know what? He should have encouraged her. You know what? You, I don't think this is the right way. And he could have given her some scenarios where you know, blah blah blah, yada da. You think you would feel all right if such if that happened between Hagar and I and such 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 such? You think now? What if this happened? How will you deal with that? See, he could have brought her back to reality. But once again, if you're idle or in frustration, it is the breeding ground for the enemy. To give you all kind of thoughts that's contrary, once again, to the word of God. Now, let's get back to the scripture. In Psalms 27, 14, it says, once again, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait on the Lord. Now, what does it mean to wait? To wait on the Lord means to tend to the Lord. Or if you're in a restaurant, like a waiter, that waiter is tending to your every need. They're they're there to support you. Whatever you need, they're there. You know, they may ask, suggest, "Hey, would you like a refill? Would you like this? Would you like this? Can I help you with this?" There's interaction between you and the waiter. They're just they're not standing by waiting you to, you to for you to tell them something. They're oftentimes interacting with you they're they're assuming well maybe do you need this they're trying to to uh they're trying to uh anything that you they may have a they think that you may have a question about they're going to try to give you an answer or at least inquire about that because they want to make sure that you're comfortable so it is we should be like that way with god We should be spending our time fellowshipping with God. God, we thank you and we love you, blah, blah, blah. God, you know, I want to do this, 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 this. And during the time we're like, it's this waiting period. When we fellowship with God, it'll help our minds. It will help our minds. We will tend to our mind, our way of thinking. Why? Because our mind is on the Lord. And when you're in the presence of God, you get God's vision. In other words, you begin to see things from God's perspective. You have a keen insight or eagle eye view of the situation. When you gain that eagle eye view, once again, of the situation. You can have courage. It says be of good courage, Now, to be of good courage. That means you have to dispel all the fears, all the anxiety, all the thoughts that the enemy is trying to attack you with all the thoughts that's contrary to God to be of good courage. I mean, once again, you have to spell all those thoughts. If you notice, this is now our part. Wait on the Lord. We just discussed about how do we wait on the Lord and be of good courage. We have the responsibility. Now, the only way I can, once again, I can be of good courage. That means I have to meditate on, on God and, or what God has told me. Although I've been in this situation, they've been waiting for 10 years. They have to wait, be of good courage. That also means that I have to dispel any unbelief, any contrary thought. I have to cast those thoughts down to the obedience of Christ. That's how we tend our garden. The scripture is telling us how to do this. If I'm in constant fellowship with God or I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm of good courage because I meditate on the word. I'm, I'm keeping my mind clear. If I can do that, the word of God says he will strengthen your heart. The Lord knows how to encourage you, even about the situation that you're in. If we look at our case study, Abram, how many times did God tell him, encourage him? You know what? I'm going to multiply your seed. Your, your, your seed is going to be plenteous. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. He constantly encouraged. Abraham. Constantly through this journey, there was a lot of encouragement. Let me tell you something. If you focus on God, what he told you, even though it looked like you don't see anything remotely, remotely close. It looks like you're nowhere near. You know, let me give you another example. Do You remember, David? David was on the run from Saul and all these things. I mean, he had to he had to he had these 400 and then 600 men that he's over and and he was training them. And he had all kind of different things coming against him. And uh, then all of a sudden, one day, you know, we went he went through the the zigzag situation where the word of God said he had to encourage himself. But soon after, one day he became king and looked like it happened overnight. But this is the point. He had to wait on the Lord and be of good courage and God strengthen his heart. What am I saying? If you stay in the presence of God, the Lord will encourage your heart. One way that the Lord encourages our heart is through his word. You know, it's important that you read the word of God on a daily basis. Not only do you should you read the word of God, you need to ask the Lord. Now, Lord, you are the living word. You are the living word. Now, since you're the living word, Lord, speak to my heart. The Lord knows how to take a scripture. And and you'll read a verse and he'll deal with you about whatever it is you're dealing with or he'll encourage you or he'll give you direction all from. Reading his word. So what am I saying? We have to make sure we don't approach the word of God from a cerebral perspective or or we have to approach the word of God with the open heart, expecting to hear the Lord's voice, expecting to hear from God, expecting to hear from God. If we have expectations, God will always meet us at our expectation. He will make sure. In fact, the word of God says accident shall be given. Seek you will find if you go expecting to hear God speak to you hear the Lord speak to you through this word on a daily basis he'll meet you there he will meet you there he will speak to your heart he knows how to encourage your heart he knows how to encourage your heart once again it may look like you're in that same place or this one aspect of your life like there's nothing going on He knows how to strengthen your heart. But you have to wait on him. You have to make sure you keep those weeds out. Be of good courage. Then he will strengthen your heart. Let's go back again. Let's look at something. If you notice the first two things you have to do. You have to wait on the Lord. In other words, you have to fellowship with him. Tell him that he's good. Talk with him. Let me tell you something. The word of God says he's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He's our high priest. He knows what you're going through. Jesus is in heaven. He noticed everything that you are doing, And he knows, once again, your feelings. He's been there. If you fellowship with him, if you keep the weeds of doubt out of your mind, he will talk to you about that situation, just like in our case study, Abram. He encouraged Abram. I'm going to make your seed great. It's going to come from you. But you know what? If we get idle minded, we'll have our minds, When we just idle minded or we get frustrated. The enemy can talk to our minds. He can give us these ideals that's contrary to the word of God. That's contrary to what God told you specifically. You can get off the path, and you know what? and create an ishmael don't create the ishmael wait on the lord be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart give god a hand clap of praise